Let's continue reading verses 19 through 28 of 1 Samuel chapter 1. Now, in the second half of the chapter, we have the birth of Samuel and the dedication of Samuel at the tabernacle. 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning now at verse 19. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned, then I will take him that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, with a three-year-old bull, or with three bulls, one ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then they slaughtered the bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition which I asked of him. Therefore I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. Once again, let's consider a few background notes now for this second half of 1 Samuel chapter 1. Hannah had vowed before the Lord that if God would give her a son, she would present him to the Lord as a Nazarite. Look back once again at verse 11. Then Hannah made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. In other words, Samuel would be a Nazarite for life. And notice from Numbers chapter 6 that the Nazarite vow could be taken for a period of time or for life. In the case of Samuel, it was for life. Now, I think we already begin to realize the godly character of Samuel in that he never tried to undo or get out from under the vow that his mother had made for him before he was born. Let me ask you, would you have been as accepting of this lifelong vow as Samuel was? Or would you have tried to get it annulled? After Samuel was born, Hannah did not go up to the tabernacle until she had weaned Samuel. Now, in those days, a child sometimes was nursed until the child was three years old. So when Samuel was presented before the Lord, he was probably around three years old. Now, as we see, Elkanah supported Hannah in all this. In fact, his desire was that the Lord establish his word, verse 23. Now, the fact that Hannah took a bull, or possibly three bulls, up to the tabernacle for sacrifice shows the importance of this event for Hannah. This was no small sacrifice. Notice the last verse of the chapter. So he or they worshiped the Lord there. A great example of family worship. Even little Samuel, at three years of age, worshiping the Lord. Now, I trust that you parents and grandparents here today are encouraging your young children or grandchildren to worship the Lord. 
Well, so much for background. Let's move now to our doctrinal or teaching points for this portion of the chapter. What is God's Word teaching us here? So doctrinal or teaching point number one, the prayers of godly mothers are answered in God's way. The prayers of godly mothers are answered in God's way. Hannah had prayed for a child, and God answered her prayers. Was this a miracle? Well, yes, God opened her womb. But notice how God used natural means to bring about the birth of Samuel. End of verse 19 and 20. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel. This is the normal way that God answers prayer. He uses natural, normal means. Don't expect some out-of-the-ordinary, dramatic way for God to answer your prayers. Sometimes he does it that way. But normally, God just controls and times normal and natural events and circumstances to bring about answers to our prayers. Even in healing, God normally uses the body's natural functions for healing. Even when God moves the hearts of people, many times it is through their response and reaction to normal and natural events. But here's the point. God does answer our prayers. Not only the prayers of godly mothers, but the prayers of godly people. James 5.16 says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. James 5.16. The fact that Hannah called her child Samuel shows that she recognized that this was an answer to her prayer. The name Samuel means heard of God. But now notice, our doctrinal point is this. The prayers of godly mothers are answered in God's way. God knows what is best. We may not. God has the big picture. We often do not. In Isaiah chapter 55, 8 and 9, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. Now in this case, Hannah's dedicated desires for a child did line up with God's perfect ways, and her prayers were answered accordingly. But it's not always that way. Sometimes God does not answer our prayers the way we hope or expect. Even when these prayers are from godly motives. Illustration. Right now I'm praying that the Lord will enable me to tape the whole Bible with expository preaching. It's a big project. I've got about 25 more years to go at my present rate. Now, I believe this is a godly desire that the Lord has given me, and I trust that my prayers for long life and strength to do this are not from selfish motives. But God's ways and thoughts are higher than my ways and thoughts. Maybe the rapture will be this year. All kinds of possibilities, right? Now, I believe that as we continue to pray, For our desires, the Lord continues to give us insight as to his answer. That's why you want to continue in prayer. I believe the Lord more and more brings us in tune with his mind about a matter as we pray about that matter. We can be sure 
that God hears our prayers and answers our prayers in his way, which is always the best in the long run. We may not fully realize that now until we get to heaven. So doctrinal point number one, the prayers of godly mothers are answered in God's way. Doctrinal point number two, the children of godly mothers are blessed in God's way. The children of godly mothers are blessed in God's way. Now, we can be sure that Hannah, as a godly mother, continued to pray for her son Samuel. And God blessed Samuel in God's way. Samuel did not become a wealthy landowner in Israel or something like that. Not that kind of blessing. Samuel was a prophet and greatly used of God to cause the nation of Israel to turn back to the Lord after the dark days of the judges. Now, what better blessing could you ask for? Look over, if you will, at the end of chapter 3 and the beginning of chapter 4. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. That's not a verse in the Bible. (laughs) Don't try to look it up in your concordance. That's not a verse in the Bible. But it does contain a biblical principle. And we see it in operation right here with Hannah dedicating Samuel to the Lord and the course of Israel is changed as a result. You talk about blessing. The children of godly mothers are blessed in God's way. Mothers here this morning, pray for God's blessing on your children. You can bring great glory to God your children. Don't just pray for their health and mental and social development. That's important. Pray for that. But pray for their spiritual development. Pray that God would save them at a young age. Pray that the Lord would help you to bring them up in the ways of God. Pray to the Lord that their spiritual gifts would be developed. I mean, the gifts are there. When a person receives Christ, even at five years old, the gifts are there. It's just a matter of they need to be developed. Pray that these children would affect the world around them for the glory of God. Even if your teenager goes off in rebellion, the discipline that the Lord brings upon his or her life is also the blessing of God in response to your prayers as a godly mother. You know, I'm convinced that a major factor for every blessing of God in my life is related in some way to the prayers of my godly mother. The children of godly mothers are blessed in God's way. Practical application from this second half of 1 Samuel chapter 1. Mothers, are you willing to give up your children to the Lord? Mothers, are you willing to give up your children to the Lord? Hannah did not change her vow once Samuel was born. Now, this was no foxhole vow or commitment by Hannah. When the child was born, she kept the vow. She gave up Samuel to the Lord. Notice how some of your translations use the phrase loaned or lent to the Lord in verse 28. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. That's really the right and biblical concept. Mothers, when you give your children to the Lord, you don't lose them. You loan them to the Lord. Let me ask you, would you rather loan your children to the Lord or lose them to the world? 
I think the answer is obvious, right? A couple of illustrations. You know, not all Christian mothers are willing to give up their children to the Lord. I know of a case where a Christian mother did not want her daughter to leave home and serve the Lord on a foreign mission field. She was unwilling to give up her child to the Lord. I know of another situation where Christian parents discouraged their children from coming to Emmaus Bible College to study the Bible because the world had better schools. Hey, you can study the Bible later. Right now, you've got to get on with your life. What kind of worldview is that anyway? Get on with your life? What better foundation to lay than to get some solid Bible training? I don't think those parents were really willing to give up their children to the Lord. Now, a positive illustration. I also know of a godly mother and father who wanted their son to take over the family business, but they gave him up to the Lord and encouraged him to serve the Lord full time. It was quite a sacrifice on their part because that business suffered as a result of not having the input of this very knowledgeable in the business son but they gave him up to the Lord. It wasn't easy for Hannah to walk away from the tabernacle that day, but Hannah has a place of honor in Scripture forever. Mothers, are you willing to give up your children to the Lord?